0: like last minute, everybody was kind of busy. Um, So I recorded that to send out and then uh, was working on payroll, trying to get ahead of that because I'm going to do that this evening. And then it doesn't matter because it's not interesting and we're on a podcast
1: We're on a podcast. The most ridiculous real estate non-related podcast in the world. Welcome everyone to episode 18 of Untold Riches thank you for joining us, Uh, the handfuls or possibly thousands of people who are now watching this uh, episode uh, a year later, once we've had our audience built up. Uh, We've got the the ones,
0: the the ones of listeners and watchers.
1: I've been describing it as handfuls, handfuls of people, (laughs) maybe two, possibly three. Uh,
0: We'll interview everybody eventually and right. then all of their friends and stuff will have watched and then we'll have this huge we'll have this huge audience. However, some people are watching. I don't look at the numbers ever because I don't care. This is fun and it's for my enjoyment. And I have had people tell me things about an episode that I said and I was like, "Oh, so some people
1: are watching." That is fun. Now, I, I me thinks I dust protest too much. Our viewership is growing slowly, especially with amazing guests like we have today. Today was about our guests today. Fun.
0: Uh, let me see. Let me see. What can I tell you? Uh, I'm going to tell a funny story about when I first met this guest and she's going to hate that story, but I love it because whenever I talk about her, it makes my heart happy. Um, but this person is someone, you know what? It's interesting. We have a, had a lot of people on that. Um, I really respect and admire. I think there's like definitely a trend with that. And then interestingly, once we interview and we get to know them and we hear their stories, um, I always end up being that much more intrigued by them as a person, and I have no doubt that we'll have the same result today with our very special guest, Courtney Stone.
1: Oh, without further ado, hi guys. Is Courtney Stone? <laughs> Hello, Miss Stone. How are you?
2: I'm doing well, thank you. Thank Lones you so hot. much for having me.
1: Oh, you it's are a pleasure.
0: You are, you are doing us a solid because what would Kate and I do on Fridays at 11.45,
1: what would we do? Talk would business? We, Not this season. No, no way. <laughs> talk to you. That's the fun. And you fall into that category of people I've bumped into for like years. And I'm always like, you're super nice. And we talk and we've like had a cocktail at a cocktail. But then like, I don't know you very well. So it's great to actually get to sit down and we get to actually kind of learn a little bit about each other. I'm excited.
2: I'm excited too. I'm very excited to get to know you, Peyton. And Richard, you know how much I love talking to you. You kind of get me all jazzed up every time I talk to you. So you're my fave.
0: Snaps. All right. (laughs) Well, I'm excited. And uh, so let's go back to the beginning, the beginning of Courtney. Tell us about um, how you came into this world, what your life was growing up, anything noteworthy, milestones along the way, things that you think our listeners would want to know because they're losing sleep at not not knowing it. Tell okay. us things.
2: Well, my mom would tell you that I came into this world five days late and <laughs> a lot of trouble. Um, I was like an emergency C-section back in the late 70s, which was kind of crazy. And um, yeah, I've been trouble ever since, is her, that's her take on it. Um, Maybe I've grown up a little bit, but um, I grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia. Really? Yeah. Um, No, we're not Amish. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Is there a lot of Amish in Williamsburg?
1: You get that question a lot?
2: Yes, because people really? visit Williamsburg and they see everyone dressed in colonial garb and they somehow equate it with being Amish okay. when the people that work in colonial Williamsburg actually have a job like they get in their car and no. drive to colonial Williamsburg and put on their outfit and work like they're colonial people.
1: Right, it's Where like a Disney have, World thing.
2: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Right. not Amish. Um, <laughs> so I uh, I grew up in Williamsburg. I had a very small high school. I went to a private Catholic school, um, which was fun. Uh, There was only 37 in my graduating class. I probably could still name them all in alphabetical Um, order. I'm gonna
0: have to pause you right there because I cannot imagine the shenanigans that get on in a 37 person Catholic high school. So I'm gonna need a story. So dig deep here. What's a story that you feel like Wow, this is this this was a meaningful, memorable moment in my my high school career.
2: Um, well, we I'm gonna have to tell my mom not to listen. Um,
0: Fair enough. We will. We, we right here. You know, right here, mom, earmuff. earmuffs, earmuffs, mom. mom,
2: earmuffs. Um, we we had a great time. Um, we, you know, the nuns were. They didn't really like me all that much because I didn't grow up in the whole Catholic school and I'm not Catholic. Mm-hmm. So I had that going against me. But um, I was kind of like the troublemaker that came from public school. And um, it <laughs> I would get in trouble for the length of my skirt or being wild. And um, every junior class does like a prank. Right. It's the okay. it's the thing to do. They have been great pranks. For years and years and years, the class before us stole everything out of the biology lab, like all the beakers, all the equipment and like hid it around the school. Um,
1: That is a good (laughs) problem.
2: Um, this was before schools had any kind of security, not um, right, right, right. even think they locked the doors. Getting away scot
1: um, love it.
0: <laughs> Wait, you know that's a really risky th- thing to do because there's only 37 of y'all. When you have right. like a graduating class of hundreds, you're way more likely to get away with it. So,
2: no, everybody okay. knew it was the junior class. Okay, so it was just kind of like the whole junior class would have like demerits or something. They would try to find out, and everybody would point the finger at each other, and nobody ended up really getting in trouble. Sweet. but our class it was the girls that were really were bad us um and we had a, we had a um this is this is gonna be a little r rated but um we had a football i mean a basketball game with our biggest rival h r a and um our mascot was the Trojans, and our colors were red and black and white, so we made this huge poster. I mean, it took like four of us to carry it. And <laughs> the, the poster said, Trojans don't burst under pressure. <laughs> the tea of Trojans was made out of 36 red Trojan condoms <laughs> for our Catholic school. And we put it up and it was so worth it to oh, see no. the look on the nun's faces across the basketball court, just like, what is happening? So um, me and 10 of my closest girlfriends, almost half of the entire class, (laughs) uh, got Saturday detention with the nuns at the office at the lower school. And yeah, it was...
1: (laughs) That's a great prank.
2: It was a good prank. Oh you know,
1: man. I
2: like that. Are you
0: mad because Catholics don't believe in prophylactics? Is that the problem? Because we could have done we could have gone a different way if that's if that's the issue.
2: <laughs> well, we had just learned we had to take marriage as well. So we just learned about the the abstinence method. Right. And <laughs> we were kind of sticking it to that method.
1: <laughs> get, oh no, my gosh. Here here I can't go. that's great fun. I love that. <laughs> I, I like this little rizzo.
2: I don't know who got the condoms after that but
1: oh I
0: know where
2: the they the ended gap. up
0: The poor game was like
2: Like
0: what are y'all doing and like yeah. just ring We don't up. want
2: to know. We don't talk about
0: this, no. <laughs> that is awesome. That's so there's fantastic. a little
2: thing about me.
0: Yeah, I like that but uh, I only heard about this and I don't know if it was just like uh like an old wives tale or whatever but there was like some High school prank uh, that was like you get four pigs and you name you you write on the side of them one two and four and you let them go in the school and yep. they're just looking or there's three pigs but you write one two and four and they're just looking for this third pig for hours because yes. they find it. Uh, I don't know if that actually happened or what. <laughs> that but would be a good one. That would be that would be a great.
2: That, that wouldn't that work good. in my old high school because we only had one corridor. So.
0: <laughs> it would be like the yeah. running of the bulls, but just
2: yeah, that's ooh. exactly what it would be.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. My parents, they got after it back in the day. I think my parents were in high school in the like late sixties, early seventies. Um, and my mom, they had a like shop in the school and they took one of the vehicles out of like the mechanic, like where they did like uh like the it was the trade school, they took the like Volkswagen Beetle out of the school and they got it on the roof somehow. <laughs> Like they put it on the roof of the high school. I was like, how, it was a two story high school. I was like, how did you even get it up there? But I was like, that's next level. Right? Yeah. And, 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 and you guys were bringing the heat there. so.
1: Goodness yeah. gracious. That's yeah. exciting. Well, my wife actually uh, went to high school in Yorktown and went to Grafton oh. High School. So, oh. Yeah. So she knows that area really well. We're planning on yeah. a, a Christmas trip down there to see all the, well, all the Disney people do their butter churning yeah. and stuff, all the Amish people. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you can go to the battlefields.
0: Have you been to the uh Bush Gardens uh like Festival of Lights or whatever that thing I, is?
2: They didn't have that back when I was growing up. Um but I used to have season passes to I mean my my mom would literally drop me off in the morning at the in the summertime at Bush Gardens and leave me there all day long. Like that dream. was our babysitter was Bush Gardens. Just oh, let yeah. us run free at like 12 <laughs>
0: That's like a thing. I read recently that King's Dominion, they do that so mm-hmm. much that they yeah. have like put policies in that mm-hmm. there has to be like for so many kids that come in, there has to be a certain number of adults or something like you yeah. can't, can't yeah. just let them run free. But
2: Yeah, I know like all the backwoods of Busch Gardens, like jumping the fence and running around like, oh, you wow.
1: know, I was in trouble. <laughs> we used to do that at Kings Dominion. When I was just, the summer I turned 16, I got a car, and my best friend and I got season passes, and we were down there like four days a week, yeah, just constantly it's causing, fun. riding the Berserker until one of us yacked. Like it was bad, just oh, being yeah. irresponsible <laughs> in the best way that clean kids can do. Uh, oh my gosh! So that's cool, sort of interesting, and I won't say humble beginnings, but very interesting. Where did you go from there? What brought you up north, and what was what happened in between?
2: I um. I went to New York for college. I um, studied at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts with an intention to be um, a TV star. Um, And then I went to the New York Conservatory of Arts, which was uh, more of an on-camera training. Mm -hmm. And um, I stayed there in New York for five years. I left right before 9-11. And um, I did a commercial and some little things, but then I moved down to this kind of area um, Mm -hmm. and then to Richmond after that. And then I moved back here for uh, a job. So not acting. I stopped acting.
1: No, you said you were in a commercial. Do you have a copy of the commercial? I
2: think my mom does, but guys, you have to know how old I am. Like it, it's on VHS somewhere in my mom's attic or something.
1: It's so totally worth dusting. You off. To see
0: I'm gonna need. I'm gonna <laughs> need. To find I am going to i do not know. So ironic about this is we worked together, and I remember being like, "Hey, so how do you feel about video?" You're like, "Not a fan." <laughs> and then this comes to light like you went to school. You were in an actual commercial. What has happened, Courtney? This is a story in and of itself.
2: I appreciate. I can. I can play a character oh. on TV. Yeah. Um, No problem. A character is fine. But me myself, I'm not as, you know,
1: did you do like uh, stage stuff and stuff like that? Did you do any shows or Um, I did
2: little things, but really I was my my first acting school was stage and Mm -hmm. I really I don't sing well. Um, I had this like Southern drawl when I got there and like a really tiny voice. And, um, so I had to have a lot of training to get my voice to sound like an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I, so I didn't really do as much stage. Uh, I feel like now I would enjoy stage again, but, um, I really wanted to be like in TV. Um, I loved doing commercials. I loved I really wanted to be on a soap opera. Like I wanted to be
1: Well, you've on- got the hair. Like you definitely have Daytime Emmy hair for no sure. Hair. Yes. Every time I see you, there's no doubt. <laughs> and I'm- you have a like your library looks like a Zoom background I would download to pretend I have a library. Like it's Jeez. gorgeous. Wait, that <laughs> so,
0: fireplace in your library?
1: I know. Yes.
0: That is absolutely yeah. It's yeah. gorgeous. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. yeah. No, Richard knows I, uh, I was a terrible actor in high school and college. And I did that and was going to be a music teacher. Uh, so you went a lot further than I did, traveling all the way to New York City, which is super awesome. Uh, I, I bailed out of Christopher Newport year two, that not quite as illustrious.
2: <laughs>
1: but I did like to, to have hot lights on me back in the day. So yeah. that's kind of fun.
2: Okay, so maybe we need to, like, revive this and do a show or something. I'm in.
1: Riverside Community Theater in Stafford is always, always casting dual career actors to be waitstaff and sing in Hello, Dolly. I'm in.
2: Yeah. I don't think anybody wants me to sing, but I'll try.
0: (laughs) I can't sing either. The only thing that I've done, the problem with acting for me is I can't remember lines. I was in the movie. Like, we had David Rotan on here, however many podcasts. We're on episode 18, for real? Like, that's how many we've done? That's the best. It's like so many more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had David Rotan and he did a movie and I got like gruesomely killed in it, cut in half, eaten by like a monster. And uh, I had like one line and it was like two sentences long. And I did like, he, I had to reshoot that line so many times. And they do this fun thing. You guys know, cause you've done this. They're always like notes. We got notes. And then they'd come over and I'd be like, fucker notes. And then they'd be like, here are the notes. Yeah. Do it better and actually do the line. I was like, uh, okay. All <laughs> what right. was your line? What was your line? Ooh. See, don't remember uh it was something I remember. like oh, i remember it was what in the sam hill and because like this monster flew over i was like what in the sam hill and then it was like some other thing that i said right before the monster attacked. and i just kept messing it up i'd be like i'd be like what was that or i'd be like uh oh no one flew over our heads you know like it was, i could never i'm just blank i'd be like oh there's the camera and then it's just gone i do no scripting for any videos i do now because when i script it i immediately fall to pieces
1: I can, can I can I can attest to that. I've watched Richard Fall to pieces trying to read lines. Oh, I, I had to do one for Hannah for BBS at the last team oh, thing, man. and she gave me like four lines, and it was it was like cut after four words, cut, it was terrible. So I hear you. But this yeah. makes me curious. Do you remember your lines from your commercial?
0: I do.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I we get see, a line? Oh, we're
0: gonna replay Hold on, hold on, hold on. Send oh oh man, don't tell us the line. Tell us what the commercial was about like the the the, pre-test. the and- Okay I'm
2: this again telling you how my age um do I'll you start. remember when caller ID came out and it was a little box that you attached oh, yeah. to your landline and it would tell you what the number was right Okay mm-hmm. so when that launched the very first like promo was save like wild and James Earl Jones was the narrator. So I am six degrees of separation from James Ooh, Earl
1: Jones. What? That's amazing. And, <laughs> that means you connect to Kevin Bacon. We should do that later. Please continue. I
2: think I, I think I could get to Kevin Bacon through James Earl Jones.
1: I bet you could. Oh,
2: sure. So, um, anyway, so the save like wild, and I was, um, I w- had a roommate. My roommate was very fit, like. She was like a dancer and she was like working out and she was doing push-ups and jumping jacks and on the side. And I was the chubby girl, chubby roommate, eating ice cream, watching TV Mm -hmm. in sweatpants and the phone rings and it says Mike's gym. And I look at the caller ID and I don't pick it up and I say, oh, that's definitely for you. <laughs> that
1: was my. Oh, I love oh it. Oh my gosh. That's I'm, amazing. We have to see it. I
0: mean,
2: I'll see if my mom has it.
0: How many takes did it take?
2: Oh, we did it a lot because there was a dog in it. Oh. There was, because that was the save like wild part, is that it was a wild dog, and the dog was eating the ice cream off my spoon, <laughs> and she was working out. So we had a ton of takes. Um, But the funny part was that the costume girl, like I showed up for my call time and she was like, wait, you're you're the lazy girl. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, I bought like huge clothes for you. Like (laughs) you're not the right fit (laughs) because she bought like size Two X or three X or what? Right. She bought these like bigger clothes, and she had to like pin all of it in the back because it was like falling off of me.
1: Yeah, you're like a
0: regular size lady. So my normal size. Lady. Okay, so, so in my brain, I was like, hey, was she the same size as she is now? Like, and that's so you were like the same.
2: I was probably even smaller.
0: Okay. I was like,
2: I was like, soap opera chubby, which meant I was a size four, six. Oh my
0: goodness! <laughs> so you were like. Low, you were smaller than normal.
2: I was smaller than, than normal. That's so
0: great. Oh, wow. So <laughs> What was you the, the casting? Absolutely process? murdered your audition. Like yes. Were, look, we're not yeah, going to go it with the your, It was like Courtney and then like Rebel Wilson before she lost weight and then like like uh, Tina from or what was it? What Tammy from Six Hundred Pound Sisters? Like all <laughs> of these things and then and then Courtney and they were like she murdered it. She nailed the line
1: and the dog so, likes her, so that we're, that in, we're in. So good, we're going with her.
0: And I still remember my lines,
2: so I, I'm like good with lines. I can. Richard do that.
1: literally did his lines maybe a year ago and did not get his second line just now. When I asked he goes, and then I said something else, and then I died. Yeah, he I- got one in Sam Hill, and then nothing else. And for the record, I'm still waiting on the on the footage of you getting chopped in half.
0: I there's a trailer, but we're we're definitely not watching the trailer on this podcast. Oh my I gosh, not doing that. We're we'll gonna-
1: do a watch video oh, later. Is-
0: it's almost done. I was talking to David. Uh, I was talking to David the other day, and he was like, "You know what's so funny is like because I had the like most brutal death scene, and you guys know what the Wilhelm scream is, of course. Ah, ah,
1: ah, it's, yeah, it's
0: like that, like the one that they do. I get the Wilhelm scream. They're, they're That's amazing in, my voiceover in the movie. So out of everybody who dies in the movie, like I get that one, and then I'm like, mine's brutal. Like I literally get lifted up in the air, and then half my body falls back to the ground, Ooh. and I'm still kind of alive." So I'm like, but, uh, uh, uh.
1: Yeah. Exactly. The secret, but the reason he got the Wilhelm scream is because he forgot to scream. That's what it was. Probably. <laughs> he <laughs> cuts his fart, and then that was it. And they had oh, my God. Can I in. tell you
0: guys a super embarrassing, funny story about when
1: we were shooting that? That's okay. up to Courtney. Here okay. here oh my yeah. God. Sure. Uh, his you. stories can be very embarrassing, Courtney. Please continue. Dude, super true.
0: embarrassing. I hope you guys don't cringe. People at home will probably be like, this is hilarious. Maybe not. I don't know. It depends I get on
2: embarrassed for other people really easily. So like get ready. See me red.
0: <laughs> no, it's not embarrassing me, though, because I'm sharing the story. Yep. If it was, I wouldn't share it to the world. So there was this long, like, dirt road, and we were – the scene before I got killed, we were just running down. It It was like, run, it's coming. And then like, there was, like, wind and all stuff. So we're, like, running down this thing. But the thing was is when I got to my mark, I would stop, and they had this guy who was the monster. He was this really big black guy used to play football, super cool. I can't remember his name either. Man, I'm bad at remembering stuff. And he, would, when I get to the mark, he would lift me up in the air, right? So that was like the CGI, like I got picked up off the ground. Well, the first time I did it, like I had to jump. They were like, you got to jump so it's easier for me. You can't lift your 220-pound ass off the ground just like like a deadlift. So I had to like jump, but I was running so fast. I was trying to remember stuff. I'm wearing like old Civil War-y time uh, like uh, soldier outfit. And I get there, and he like, he squats down. He's in a complete, complete, like those green, the costumes, like head and toe. Mm -hmm. He's like in one of those suits or whatever. And he leans down and he starts to look me up, and I farted directly in his face. (laughs) He was like huge. Because I was like so focused. I was like, right in his mouth. Right in his mouth. Now, he had a buffer because he had the green thing on, but I was, they had like microphones. They had to, they were all professionals. No said anything. I pretended like I did it, but it wasn't like an accident. It was <laughs> it was my god, god, a mouthful. And it was horrible. It was so just
1: beef stew right in the dude's face. Yeah. Oh my I, god. I, I,
0: yeah, they I didn't come back for any other any other shoots. That was it. That was the end of the day. So I walked off
1: high note. So yeah, so Courtney, so David is a cool guy. We interviewed him a couple of months ago. He does like B movies. And so he has like a 25-year career making training videos and like Sharknado type movies for Redbox, like that style movie. So I cannot fucking wait to see this movie. It sounds Church. so fun. He calls oh them my feature gosh.
0: features. He's in the group. Yes. you've probably met David, David Rotan. Yeah, he's a cool guy.
2: I think
1: maybe. I remember here, you know,
0: he's a, Winchester, guy. he's a good dude. But we're going to get a movie and the three of us are going to star in it. I think that's what we'll just pitch it to him. All right. We've got to come up with, what's our movie going to be?
1: We'll start with you on the phone, checking your caller ID.
0: Yes.
1: You're with your dog, and it's like, it says ghost face or something, and we do like a a scream knockoff. Yes. And then you look out, and Richard is hanging from a tree outside. Oh, my
0: gosh. But it's a fake tree. It's a guy holding me up in the air. Right. He's holding me up as the fake tree, because we're going to do CGI trees, Um, and I'll have
1: like... Oh, yeah, way, way too expensive. Need to CGI those things for sure. <laughs> Dude, of course, like we can't get actual trees. That would be way too expensive. So you said you, you mentioned you moved to to Richmond. My wife got to drop her again, but she went to VCU for like seven years through her graduate program and loves Richmond. How long I were you down her.
2: there? Um, We were, I was there maybe seven years. Okay. So oh, cool. Years. Yeah.
1: Almost the same time she was down there. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Um, I worked in retail
1: Mm -hmm.
2: um, and that's what brought me back up to Northern Virginia. Um, I worked for, I I was recruited to work for Louis Vuitton down in Richmond. And then they wanted me to move up and take over a store at Tyson's. Um, And I worked there for almost two years. um, Mm -hmm. And then it was just bad leadership. So I just (laughs) Left.
1: <laughs> got it okay
0: yeah uh, my wife her favorite purse is her louis Vuitton purse and it's like real tiny and mm-hmm. like the thing i know is like if it's raining i have to put it under my shirt so yes wet
2: 100 <laughs> actually i was at a um final walkthrough yesterday and i had my louis bag and um there was nowhere to put it and i um, my clients wanted to take a picture with me and the, constru- the head of construction was there doing the walkthrough and he was like, do you want me to take the picture? And I said, yes. And then I was like looking for a place to put my bag and he was like, I'll hold it. And I was like, oh, bless you. You know that she can't <laughs> sit on the ground.
1: No. Bless no. You. She Hi. can't sit on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. She ain't you. So. Yeah. My name. <laughs> I don't so know what that's up, but that's a big deal. Night.
2: Sales The closest,
0: career.
1: The closest yeah. I've come to a Louis Vuitton bag, I was uh, 18 or 19. I was on vacation, house-sitting for my aunt in Jersey City, New Jersey. And it was a New York story. So I was young. I was with my girlfriend at the time. And we stayed at her house for like a week and acted like natives. We like walked around, did all the things, went to Chinatown. And in Chinatown in New York, you you would know, Courtney, there's like all these bolt hole stores that sell yeah. cheap shit, right? And it's all this cool, like I love it. It was like trucker hats. Territory. This is twenty years ago, so it was all like Ashton Kutcher trucker hats and fidget spinners before they were cool, and all that dumb stuff that you buy when you're a tourist and you're like not a tourist. You're like in there in the shit. So we go there, and we go there one day, and there's like a a secret air. There's like a the back of the store was just piles of Louis Vuitton air quote purses that were you know like they looked legit. They were like really nice, and I was broke. I was making like eight nine dollars an hour. It was two thousand four or whatever. And uh, so, uh, are you sorry. okay, Peyton? Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. All uh,
0: right.
1: So, we okay. get there, and my girlfriend wants me to buy her one of these like kitschy purses and wallets and stuff like that. But it's like early in our vacation. And we all know you don't buy souvenirs the first day of vacation because what if you go to another place and you see and the perfect thing? One. You can't do that.
2: Right. And
1: then I had like $100 total for all of my souvenirs, and I got three brothers. It was a whole thing. So, I am budgeting. So a couple of days pass and we decide, nope, we haven't found anything better. Peyton, uh, I I would like to go back to this bolt hole place and find one of these bags. I love this bag. We're getting this bag for like 30 bucks. I said, great. So we go back down and I'm walking around and uh, I go to the exact same store and there's no section that has any of this material. There's nothing. It's just t-shirts and like, you know, uh, co-ed naked shirts and all the other dumb stuff that they had in their nineties, 2000s, but there's no Louis Vuitton or Gucci stuff or any of that. So I walk up to the lady who's about 110 years old and she's like (laughs) chain smoking cigarettes at a straight up rotary cash register with like a pull chain, you know, she might as well have had a visor on like a Vegas bean counter. And, uh, and I'm like, Hey, so we were kind of here the other day and there was like a whole other product line you had before. And my girlfriend's here and we kind of want to think. And so she opens up the entire back wall, a fake back wall of this like railroad car of a building. And there's just snowbanks of plastic shit, of just knockoff shit everywhere. And I guess they had like had Officer Krupke walking by or something with his patrol whistle and had like closed it off, and you had to know the secret word to get in and get the purses. So needless to say, I took my four foot 11, 90 pound girlfriend and tossed her into the snowbank of purses. And she's literally throwing them out like here, this one for my baby sister. This one's for my mom. This one's for me. Oh, this one's for me too. This one's perfect for your mom. And I was like catching them like this and I'm grabbing them all. And then we walk up to this lady and just gave her cash and walked away. That was pretty much the end of the story, but it was, and I'm like, again, 19 years old. And this is probably the coolest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. This is some background, like side of the docks under the bridge. Hey, we want to buy a watch like the creepiest. I got like a cheap Rolex and stuff. It was Rolex, very, yeah. very New York of me. I felt very cosmopolitan. Very
2: New York. It's very I have New a York.
0: Question for yeah. Courtney. What would be a pro tip that someone who's shopping for some LV swag, yeah. what would you recommend or what advice would you give them? This is the hard hitting questions here. We if need-
2: you're looking like not at an actual Louis Vuitton store, no. if you're looking at a reseller.
0: Uh, just any tip in general, if I wanted to acquire a Louis Vuitton, would you go to the store? Would you buy it online? Would you go secondhand? What, 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 what pro tips would you give? It doesn't have to be one. It can be a couple. You,
2: you could definitely find some good ones on like bag borrow steel and like those kind of place second, secondhand places. Um, but you can't ever take it into a Louis Vuitton to have it fixed because they will authenticate it. If, and they will also ask for your receipt. If they don't have you in their database, they're not going to fix your bag. Oh. So, um, because you will have gotten it from a second seller. Like they don't warranty anything that they don't personally sell to you. And they keep a database of everybody.
0: Interesting.
2: Um, but, um, you could authenticate. You have to look for the date code in the bag, and that is how you can tell if it is a authentic an authentic Louis Vuitton.
1: Interesting. I don't even know the license plate number of my car.
2: Yeah, the date the date code is somewhere in there, and it's it has the the <laughs> year that it was made and the the manufacturing um, warehouse where it was made, whatever city that's in, because there's
0: that's multiple them. I was like, find that stuff fascinating. Yeah. Wind the curtain on how that stuff, how that stuff works. Okay. So you're a Louis Vuitton, they, they transfer you up here cause they got a store not doing what it needs to be doing. So you're going to come yeah. in and then you were just like, nah, fuck this. These leaders suck. I'm, I'm yeah. frustrated. I don't like them. And so then where does our journey go? So then
2: I I was I had little kids and that was kind of why I stopped Mm -hmm. because they wanted me to work all the time. So I stayed home with the boys for a little while. Um, I worked a couple of part time sales gigs, just kind of helping out doing window dressings and things like that Um, and raised Mm -hmm. the boys. Um, I homeschooled them for four year or three or four years, four years. And most of their elementary school was home Mm -hmm. with me. Um, And then I got divorced Mm-hmm. And kind of struggled for a little while. Mm-hmm. I um I left with no money and no car and no full time job and two kids. So uh that was difficult. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had to like remake myself. Um and I I started working for a kind of like very brand new brewing company. Um they only had like two beers. They were only in one state. Mm -hmm. They, they didn't have any kind of footprint whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. And over the next like five years, the owner and I, we were the only two employees and then they hired someone else. Um, We grew the business to be in 10 States. We had eight different kinds of beer. We had bottles, cans, we had two different distribution points. Like, it was i was all over the place i was mm-hmm. arizona california florida georgia carolina connecticut i mean i was just traveling all the time um and then there were some also some changes to that leadership structure
1: mm-hmm.
2: that um just they just weren't going in the direction that was you know healthy for me um And I was at the point where I was like really tired of building somebody else's brand like Mm -hmm. I had done it and done it and done it. And I was tired of. Of using all my talents for someone else's gain Mm -hmm. um, and not really making it any further in my career. So then I decided to be my own boss. And I am a pretty darn good boss.
0: You are, you are excellent. I, I've always, I, it's always surprising because you know I, I've met tons of people and gotten to work with them. You know, I get to know them personally and I get to work with them in their business and you know, just watching them do things. And it's always astounding because from one meeting to the next meeting, whether it's a short period of time or a long period of time, you have always made very significant strides in whatever it is that you're focusing on at that time you know, and, and, and you, it's, it's no surprise. Like you kind of are underselling even yourself on here too. Like, cause you, you do so many things, right? You, you, you have uh, you're really into like charitable giving obviously because you and your wife and, and some of the things that you guys have had to work through recently, about am not going to your thunder, but I'll let you talk about that in a minute, but you're a power lifter too, like a very competitive, right? You do the real estate stuff. You're a mock, like you do all of these things. And, and yet you still, each time I see you, you show up and you just made tons of progress. And when you set your intention towards something, you get results and it's just really, uh, it's inspiring. That's why I respect you so much. So right. it's very, very neat. So tell us more about those things. Um, the other stuff that you have going on, cause we know you're a successful real estate agent, but what other things have you been working on recently or what are your kind of passion projects right now?
2: Um, well, I am preparing for the um, world championships of Olympic weightlifting um, for masters. Hello. Um <laughs> <laughs> I go uh I go to Orlando in December right before um the holidays and um I will be competing um in the A session of my group um and you know I I haven't trained as hard as I normally do um when I was getting divorced and like all of that was happening I threw myself into I tend to throw myself into all kinds of things, but Mm -hmm. I threw myself into CrossFit and weightlifting and became super competitive. And um, it was just a way for me to have somebody else that is telling me what to do and like how to get better. Mm -hmm. And I could just follow the steps and I knew it would work. You know what I mean? Like it was um, an hour, actually back then it was like three hours a day where I would be in the gym and I would just be working as hard as I could and it was things that I could see a difference in right then. You know, like I didn't have to wait months or years. You know, I had to rebuild my credit when I left my previous marriage. And, you know, that's so hard because it takes so long. So you're working so hard, but you're not seeing any impact for years and years and years. But with weightlifting and with CrossFit, I could see. Like I can see new muscles, you know, I can see the scale. I can see all these things that, were, that I was accomplishing, new skills I was gaining. Um, and so it just became like my escape. That's like my number one me time is with the barbell.
1: Wow. Well, for our audience who's listening rather than watching, Courtney is, again, like a perfectly regular sized lady. And now I'm discovering she could tie me into a pretzel and then eat the pretzel. Like, that's <laughs> remarkable. So like, you're, that's awesome. I am a wimp. So Richard's kind of a jock and I am not a jock at all. So this is very impressive to me. Um, What do you compete in? Like, how does that work? How do you get into that? What's that whole thing like? What's that culture like?
2: So um, Olympic weightlifting is the only weightlifting sport in the actual Olympics. I'm an Olympic weightlifter, not because I went to the Olympics, but because Mm -hmm. my sport is called Olympic weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And it's two lifts, the snatch and the clean and jerk. And they are um, technically difficult and require a lot of athleticism um, and a lot of dedication to get them right. Most people who do get into, well, weightlifting was kind of a dying sport until CrossFit came around and CrossFit really like... Mm -hmm brought weightlifting back just because the sheer number of people that were introduced to it, it really brought, um, a lot of new blood into the sport and the sport has had kind of a resurgence. Um, and I started in CrossFit, but realized like, I'm, I was a gymnast. I was a cheerleader. I'm super strong and I can, can do those movements, but I don't, I'm not really great at cardio. Like I, i am not the girl that's going to run from an attacker i am the girl that's going to turn around and attack back and then
0: <laughs> oh, <fly. that's> awesome.
2: <laughs> you know so i i can't run um so i stopped crossfitting and started um, just doing weightlifting full-time
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um and it's it is very challenging it's really fun um it's it's a lot of mental um fortitude it's a lot mm-hmm. of concentration and technical movement of your body. So I was going to ask that
0: because it's interesting is like you get to the higher level of any of these competitive sports and different things that people do. You realize like there's definitely an element of like raw athleticism and strength that goes into it. But what would you say the percentages between how much raw strength and power you have to have versus technique? Like how much does technique play a part in being able to lift that weight?
2: Well, when you're first starting out, it's kind of like, okay, your strength is going up while your technique is kind of staying here, right? Mm -hmm. So you're gonna have a big, and then you're gonna plateau where your strength meets your technique. Then your technique has to get better or you're not gonna get any heavier Mm -hmm. in your lifts because your technique won't support your strength. So it doesn't matter how many squats you do, if you're not working on technique, you're not gonna get any better. So as you become a more advanced lifter, like your steps are like this, technique, strength, technique, strength. They get tiny and tiny, tinier and tinier. So. Um, when you're a technically proficient lifter, it, it takes longer to get those big PRs and those, you know, higher weights that you're lifting.
1: So
0: give us some perspective here for somebody who's like, I have no idea, like how much weight are we talking about? You know, what would you say is like somebody first coming in and going like, Oh, I was, you know, in the gym or I did CrossFit and now I'm over here and I'm interested in this. What, what type of weight are they doing in those two? Um, in those two uh, area, like the two different com- competitions, and then some of the best that you see, what are they doing? Like, what's that margin? Or to that- be
1: clear, again, as not a jock, the fact that I do remember the names, the snatch and the clean and grab. Sure. Uh, clean and jerk. Okay. Did they make them dirty for PR purposes? Because they both have naughty names. <laughs> Just saying. Well,
2: they, don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They've been those names for – year A long time. Of years. So,
1: back to Richard's <laughs> valid adult question.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> my joke aside.
2: But there are plenty of t-shirts that are made them, that have made them dirty. So, oh, all jokes well, your in head, there's a t-shirt for Not that. Not just me. Sure. Okay.
1: So, yes, <laughs> as a beginner, <laughs> I'm, I'm awful. I'm in terrible shape. I start at X and then I work toward Y.
2: People normally start with the barbell. So, mm-hmm. or even less with the, PVC pipe or something like that that's like mm-hmm. to learn the technique. But people will normally be able to do in a CrossFit class, maybe the barbell and maybe 10 pounds on either side. Um,
0: so uh, I don't... 65 pounds?
2: Yeah, 65 to 75 pounds is right. what a CrossFit class would start. Now, as a weightlifter, I don't lift in pounds. I lift in kilos. So
0: I'll have to
1: think about oh oh, oh. no big deal we
0: just jumped into the metric system people all right well we're gonna need to translate that into pounds as we go so
1: 2.2 pounds
2: 2.2 very good very good um so um you know novice lifters will be um i mean it also depends on your age and your weight and like Mm -hmm. you know just general fitness but um, people start with me with the barbell, like if I train a new lifter, it's starting with the barbell will add on slowly, they'll see big gains really fast, because once they get the I like get the technique down, then they typically can, can clean and can snatch. A decent amount of weight you know for women anywhere from like 75 to maybe 100 pounds Mm -hmm. more for men i think my first day snatching i did 99 pounds on the barbell Mm -hmm. and my coach was like i think you might be a weightlifter (laughs) (laughs) and i was like no i will never wear a singlet i don't want to be a weightlifter they're they're like no they're too intense and then you know a year later i was like but maybe i should try this weightlifting thing mm-hmm. and then
0: yeah all right i've got more questions on that but i want to tell a funny story because you said okay. singlet one few singlet stories i'm very comfortable in singlets because i was a wrestler and i wore them all the time and i loved them and i like they were everyone made fun of them people didn't want to do them my son loved like jujitsu and boxing and all these things and he was like if they didn't have those dumb uniforms i would do wrestling and so he refuses to do it but funny story, this life happened this week. I'm talking to my daughter Emma. She's 14, um, and she's just super interesting with her like takes on life. And I found these like icebreaker questions, and I was like, I want to ask Emma some icebreaker questions just because we're working on social skills, and she's very shy and she's trying to make friends and stuff. So I'm asking her these questions, and I go. Through, one of the questions was, if you met someone and they showed up in this outfit on your first date. What would that outfit be in order for you to get up and leave immediately? And she, without hesitation, goes, A singlet. Oh, you went to a singlet? Like, if somebody oh, showed man. up in a wrestling or weightlifting costume, that would then be the thing that you would get up and leave? I was like, What about like if they had a big sombrero or something? Oh, she's like, Oh, 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 oh. I thought it had to be like the whole outfit. It was just, she said, I was laughing so hard.
2: <laughs> well, the singlets for weightlifting have evolved i don't know so much for wrestling but like the singlets for wrestling that you know it's like you don't wear a shirt under it that's not how weightlifters are anymore you know they they're covered everything is covered it's it's more like a unitard kind of thing which is Mm -hmm. a lot better but um yeah so i got over my fear of wearing a singlet and now i have four i mean whoa and now i get to wear one that says team usa
0: on it
1: that is that's so amazing awesome.
2: yeah
0: that is awesome i had a i had a wrestling singlet and it was a freestyle one and like back in the day like the olympics like in the 80s and 90s they had them like where the singlet strap would almost come down yeah. to your navel before yes. it touched. and it was just like just just constant nip slipping just like your boobies are out all the time like it was just it was crazy. Now they're like not quite as as insane. Like they're a little bit yeah. more common. But um, now is that for like compression purposes? Like, do they use it because it keeps things tight, help you to prevent injury, or is it just like what's the benefit? It's
2: just the historical costume of mm-hmm. the sport, so they remain true to the sport. And also, um, our sport has very specific um, technique, like technical rules, where you can't like bend your elbow and then restraighten straighten it. So you can't have anything loose on your arms because they have to be able to see your body oh. with your lockout. And um, it, there's, the barbell has to, like it can't hit certain parts of your body. You can't make contact with the barbell when you're not supposed to, and you can't lift it in a way that is outside of the regulations of the lift, because so, it
1: applies different leverage and stuff like that. So you're kind of yeah. Cheating. So like
2: you could see, strongmen will do what's called a continental clean, and they'll stop here, and then they'll, they'll mm-hmm. hoist it up, and it doesn't matter how they get it up there. But um, weightlifting is not like that.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So of the two, whatever they're called, the snatch and clean you and
2: do, the, Ooh, did I get right? Is that match Matching the clean and jerk. Yeah. Uh,
0: which one do you prefer or which one do you, um, excel at?
2: You know, that's so funny because it changed, it has changed over the years. Like sometimes I'm really great, uh, with one lift and that's the one I love. And then I'll get better at the other lift and it, it just goes back and forth. Um, I love, uh, to lift, Um, the snatch lift. I was trying to say that without making like a terrible joke for you guys. (laughs) I'm like, am I going to walk into a trap or not? Okay. So that's my favorite lift. Um, But I have made some really good improvements on my clean. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's exciting when I'm making progress. Like that's what makes me like fall in love again. It's like, Every time you unlock the puzzle, there's another puzzle underneath. Mm -hmm. And my puzzles are just getting tinier and tinier, and I just love them, so.
0: So what are your PRs in each, and what are you shooting for at this competition in December?
2: Okay, I'm, I'm not going to hold myself to a lot of um, expectations for this competition. I'm just going to be really proud of myself that after the year that I've had, I'm making it there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do whatever it, I need to do to just make my lifts. So I'm going to be very conservative on what I choose to lift. I'm not mm-hmm. going for any like major things. And I'm not going to try to win or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, my very best um, snatch is 75 kilos, which is a approximately 165 pounds. I don't know, Peyton, you do the math. I'm not good at math.
1: 170 pounds, yeah.
2: Oh, 170. okay. And then um, my very best clean and jerk is 94 kilos, um, which is 210.
1: That sounds about right. Yeah, I've there. Yes, about there. Yeah, that's- On oh, a good day, that's me.
0: <laughs> just oh. just <laughs> clean <laughs> and just, just my body weight. Like, that's <laughs> yeah.
1: That's insane. So what is, you guys keep tossing around the word, the, the acronym PR. What is a PR?
2: Personal record.
1: Okay. Yeah. Again, I'm a nerd. I'm a big nerd. That's okay.
2: Personal record. You can see in England, they say PB, personal best.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, PB. yeah.
0: Personal
2: best. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably won't lift anywhere near that because um, mm-hmm. I haven't been training all year, but um, I'm just going to go and have a good time and Try not to
1: drop it. <laughs> man, from the chubby not chubby girl in a caller ID commercial to Olympic weightlifting. Mm-hmm. That's... high, cr- man. That uh, I see every like third or fourth guest will have somebody on that really makes me feel like I should be doing more with my, my off time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... And you fall squarely into that category because you also no. run a very successful business and look at your house already decorated. I feel like I need to put up some wainscoting immediately.
2: Well... <laughs> We bought this house in February and this was my um this was my mm, this was our favorite room that yep. we did. Black. This is all black. It looks kind of navy in this, but it's black ceiling, black walls, black fireplace, and then the white board and batten. I, we all,
1: all three of us know that there's usually one room that sells a house and I could see how that would get get that yes. for you. That's this gorgeous.
2: Pretty, yeah. Yeah, and, you
1: really um, that house though.
0: Like, that my,
2: was- my wife wanted Christmas. Early and so this year she gets whatever she wants. So this
0: year she gets whatever she wants. So let's go. Let's go that way. I love the. Uh, I love. I love the the hobby and the the passion projects and the stuff you're working at. But you mentioned this year's been particularly trying. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about what what's what's made it difficult.
2: So we bought this house in January and we spent um, five weeks completely gutting it and renovating it um, before we could move in. And the week that we moved in. Um, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer wow. and so, um, it was, I mean, it, it's a good thing that it happened after we bought the house. Cause I don't know that we would have made that, I don't know, we would have made this leap to buy this house. And this house has been a huge blessing for us to, for her to recuperate in here, you know, in a bigger house, two acres, it's quiet. We have a pool, like all of those things you know, made it so much easier for her to feel comfortable while she was recovering. So um, at the end of March, she had a double mastectomy and then started um, chemo, 20 weeks of chemo uh, in April. And then um, once she finished that, she went right into radiation. She's done with that on Monday. She has one more, one more radiation. Yeah, and then uh, she has another surgery um, in two weeks.
1: Mm hmm.
2: So this year has just been kind of hard because I just you know, I'm I think it really uh, taught me that um, I don't really need to worry about how successful I am all the time. I don't have to be looking for that next goal. I don't have to be writing the next goal before I even make the one I'm on. You know, I I can just take a break and acknowledge that, you know, I, I have worked hard and it's time to take a little bit of a rest. Um, and so that's what I did. Uh, we took a little rest. I was able to stop basically stop working and, um, just take care of her and be here and kind of, you know, let, give her whatever she needed. Um, and she's amazing. Like she's an incredible person and her mindset is just like unbelievable, but and, and what she presents to everybody else is so strong and so um, positive and like, she's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really was precious to me to have, t- to be able to be the one that she was vulnerable with, you know, mm-hmm.
0: so. You know what's yeah. interesting is because you guys were very generous with sharing about this struggle pre-publicly, yeah. right? And, uh, and it was interesting to just see how many people were so engaged with her story right her journey through this process and it was like i you know me i'm not on social media a lot but i would get on and i would just be blown away by the status updates she would post or you would post and just how much people wanted to help or they wanted to do something meaningful or they wanted to, to to support in whatever way they could and and that they were inspired by her and you and just how you guys so gracefully handled such a difficult situation um yeah. speak to well, that.
2: it wasn't always graceful. i mean we had uh, of some course. Women.
0: <laughs> of course.
2: and i think we um i think you know next year maybe around next spring it might actually hit me everything like and i i might have like a small mental breakdown <laughs> mm-hmm. but um i think you know she's she's just one of those people that just doesn't give up like she's just a fighter like and it made me want to be a fighter for her too and you know i mean she ran a 5k in the middle of treatment i mean i just i i was trying to catch up to her and she was going through chemo and i was like (laughs) (laughs) I, i was too scared to let her out of my sight in case she needed me so i ended up running it when i wasn't planning to run it i was just planning to like mm-hmm. be there for her but i was too scared to let her get out of my sight so i had to run i wish now i had had one of those little scooters that you could rent in dc you know and i could <laughs> shoot it next to her but um i didn't think that through and so i ended up running
0: oh interesting yeah Miles. was bad Good morning. i've got a joke and i it's coming it's coming either way i'm coming at you your cardio really does suck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it does. Hey, but I did it. I didn't stop. You
0: did it. No, that's awesome. I'm I so impressed. I didn't actually know that. I didn't know she ran a five K. That is
2: Yeah, she awesome. ran the nine eleven five K and she's a firefighter and her fire department was um um you know, they the fire and and um police and mm-hmm. EMS, I guess they all do it and they put it on every nine eleven and it's at um the and the sheriff i guess they put it on like around the the pentagon and um she she had the biggest turnout on team stone um we raised a ton of money for um an organization that supported her while she was getting her mastectomy Mm -hmm. we sold a ton of t-shirts we sold like 750 t-shirts with her name on it yeah so um yeah it was It was good. It was good for her to have something to do and not wallow in it and to use it for a good purpose. It was good for me to not hide from people. Um, It taught me to be a little bit more vulnerable and ask for help when I needed help because I definitely am not good at asking for help.
1: Yeah. And yet another person who uh, humbles me because she's run a a 5k neck deep in chemotherapy and i yeah. can 't chase my six year old twice around the house without having to put my hands on my knees and take a deep breath yeah oh man that yeah, is remarkable cool. that is remarkable yeah. and my wife 's uh, mom is a, a double double breast cancer survivor when we first started dating is when she was going through that process as her primary support system, and even just touching on the strength it takes to kind of overcome the redefinition of her femininity and her personal health and her personal safety and that whole journey that lasted for years has been a, a huge influence on the path of our family. So I can't imagine what this year has been like for both of you. And that is remarkable that you're, I'm, I'm picturing you chasing her around like Tom the cat, chasing Jerry the mouse, yeah, just making sure she's okay. Meanwhile, she's like, I'm fine, Tom, it's fine. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's pretty pretty incredible.
2: I mean, she's she doesn't run fast.
1: That's I okay. mean, I would
2: train with her and I would like ride the bike Mm -hmm. to train with her but she'd be just like on the bad days she'd be like and i couldn't even keep the bike straight because i was riding so slow i was like trying to stay on the bike so i would end up like just going past her and coming back and going past her and coming back and just like kind of following
1: but but then you took the time to make it something more than her personal triumph and sell t-shirts and raise money for charity in a real significant way so even in that moment of personal triumph you removed your egos from it and saw fit to, to beat, you know, beat the pavement to actually make it mean something greater. That's yeah. It's hard when you're subjectively going through something like that, like you and your wife, to maybe understand that objectively, as a person who's hearing that for the first time, it's pretty remarkable. You know, um, that's pretty incredible. Like you're just like a nice lady I knew at work and then this has been revealed to me just in the last few minutes. It's pretty, pretty crazy. It's awesome.
0: It, it's interesting because I think a lot of people and it's not no fault of their own. You know, I think a lot of people give into their tragedies, mm-hmm. right? It's hard for them to overcome. Uh, it's hard for them to process and handle it, let alone make something special, right? Use it as a, as a, as a medium for good. And, uh, and that's remarkable. Like she got out and, you know, she's run walking and, and, the, you know, you you can barely keep the bike. You know how many people would just be laying in bed and yeah. then people would just go like, I, I'm going to let, you know, it's going to, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And so why do I want to go out and try like for her to get up and set that example and you know what, she was doing it when no one was watching. Like yeah. one of five k is cool, but getting out and doing it and not being, not letting your circumstances define your life journey is yeah.
1: incredibly powerful. So how did you meet this woman? Yeah. What was that?
2: Uh, this was a, a Tinder. Um, nice. I mean, it, it sucks until it doesn't. Exactly. Uh, it, uh, yeah. Um, it was, it, I don't know. Like, we started talking, and then, um, I, I'd like to think she was like my 40th birthday present because we met like the week I turned 40, and I was like, this is, she's gonna not think anything. She's 34, or 33. Mm-hmm. I think she was, she was like 33 at the time, right? No. That's not true. She was 31, (laughs) 31 (laughs) at the time. She, I was like, we're going to go on like one date. She's going to be like, ah, this lady's too old. She's got kids. Who wants that? Um, but, um, then we just kind of never stopped talking. That was it. It was just, that was it. And it was easy, easy decision. Um, we got married during COVID. So, um, but yeah, the, so we celebrated our second anniversary this year and um, we were just like, okay, universe. We had a, we we got married and then we changed jobs. Like I had a major career change and then we bought a house and then we had cancer. So I think we're good. Let's just have a couple boring years if that's okay. You got
0: them all, out of, the all
1: <laughs> like, out of the way.
2: We've done a lot of, um, a lot of hard stuff so far.
1: Yeah, got it out of the way. Now you can kick back a little bit.
2: Right, right, right. That's the thing. She still makes it like, I still wouldn't want to do any of it without her, you know, so it's just, it is what it is. We'll get through everything.
1: So much of our lives are keeping time and that's the nature of life. We have so much time and we live in a beautiful world and you get to just kind of march along to it and follow your joy and and put up Christmas early. And that's the beauty of one of the things COVID taught us is, is we were talking about last week is, yeah, take your joy and run with it. Like it's, you never know, you might be locked in your house for three months um, or two years, but then something formative happens, the birth of a child, an illness, a career change, the purchase of a home, anything like that. And suddenly everything turns on a dime and you realize that keeping time is the gift we give ourselves and each other and it adds something different it adds a layer right you're like oh it, and it's sometimes it's the that we're not promised time sometimes it's a deeper appreciation for how much we've spent or invested in ourselves but i find that you always come out the other side a little bit changed when things shake up and yep. man to have such a positive attitude is remarkable remarkable so what's next you know Uh, you mentioned trying to appreciate things more. Are you guys planning on vacations in the next year and and thinking ahead, or are you taking it a day at a time?
2: Well, we are going to do a big vacation, not this year, but next year, Mm -hmm. um, not 2023, but 2024. Mm -hmm. My parents are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary next Mm -hmm. year. So we're going to go visit them for a week and have like a family week, um, with them to celebrate that. So that'll be one of our vacations next year. Um, We want to do a big, huge, like two to three week trip to, um, Montana and Wyoming and do the parks and just travel and see the big sky and do that kind of stuff. So that will be, um, That'll be one big trip. I'm Mm -hmm. sure next year we'll try to get away to like something all inclusive where we don't have to think and nobody has to, we don't have to do anything. We can just lay there and just be vegetables.
1: (laughs) Nothing wrong with a, uh, what a pergola and a a colada. That's for sure. Uh, But yeah, no, it's, it is as you get older and you go through things, it's like, no, it's, it's time to start checking things off the bucket list. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. fun. So, yeah. what? Where's the Montana and Wyoming come from? Is that from you mutually, or is that a, a an item you guys have aspired to for a long time?
2: We've oh, like we've always wanted to go. Um, mm-hmm. I, we just love being outside. We like, mm-hmm. you know, we want to go on an adventure, like. Mm-hmm yes the sitting in a cabana is is nice and everything but we want to do like an adventure and explore like either rent an rv and and travel and do it or stay in some yurt stay in different cabins like we just want to experience all of that and like put our bodies to the test with you know horseback riding or um, there's one thing you can do um, in glacier national park where you can helicopter in and then um, do, like, the rapids down, and I want to do that.
1: Oh, that sounds awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You guys do, uh, like, river rafting anything like that in the past?
2: Um, not no, Not really. That? <laughs> <Right>. well, my <laughs> my uh, sister lives in um, Washington State, so we've done, like, mm-hmm. little things with her, but um, we haven't really done a lot of adventuring yet.
1: You know. Are you going to do like an ayahuasca dream quest while you're out there in the desert?
2: I don't know what that is.
1: That's where you take trippy tea and then you see leprechauns and stars and you go nuts.
2: Um, maybe.
1: <laughs> <Fair enough.
2: laughs> I don't say. I don't. I'm not ready to say no, but I'm sure. not quite sure I'm ready to say yes. Sure sure. Enough.
0: First, how does it, you know, you got to still pass drug tests when you compete at these. Yes,
2: you do. Yes, that is true.
0: Oh, so maybe not. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, but maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe when
2: I retire from, I try, actually, I don't think I'm ever going to retire from weightlifting. I want to be that 80 year old lady that's lifting weights.
1: Oh, Ooh, that's cool.
2: I want to. It's good for your brain.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, and cool. injury resistance.
2: Yes. It's good for Absolutely. your body and good for Keep your brain. On. So. Yeah. All
0: right. So we're winding down on time here let's end with what do you feel like is a lesson through all of this that you've learned or are learning or are continuing to experience that if someone was finding themselves in a similar situation uh, what would be what would be the piece of advice you'd give to them to hopefully make going into that process a little easier
2: um, I think that. I think that um, you, how did I say this right? Um, It's okay to ask for help, and it's okay to let other people help you. And and that's so difficult for me my entire life is to be vulnerable or to let people see that I'm hurting or scared or whatever, but... um, I think that the the real friends that you have come out in a situation like this year has been for us and like it's very surprising to us the people that um have come forward and like been actual like have been super super supportive and really helpful to us Mm -hmm. and um and it's amazing that they just want to be a part of it and so it's it's nice to let them in a little bit and let them see. see. And I think that's what Carrie wanted for every, that's why she was sharing everything is because she wanted people to see that, yeah, it sucks, but it's also not all terrible. Like it is manageable. It, it We're still getting things done. We're still having fun. We're still finding joy. We're still in love. We're still all of those things even though this cancer is kind of just hanging over us. And sometimes we scream at it, we just hate it. And we just say, we hate you, go away. We wish you never were here. Like, but other times we're like, this is it. And this is what we're gonna have. And this is part of our story. And so we're just gonna embrace what we've got because we don't have a, it's better than trying to fight it and being miserable. So ask for help. Share it, yeah, be vulnerable, and yeah, everything definitely. is better when you're just a little bit vulnerable with other people, yeah. So,
0: yeah, I would completely agree with that. Um, if somebody listened to your story, uh, this story, and um, really felt compelled to want to do something, you know, wanting to help, wanting to contribute, um, what would you recommend that they do? Where would be a place that they could go and Um, give to whether it's time or money or resources uh, what would you recommend that that you know would be a great place for them to contribute
2: um there's a couple of there's you know there's always a couple of um bigger organizations that you can donate to for breast cancer research um or cancer research in general um but honestly it's really sharing the stories because while you might not have anybody that's been touched by cancer in your particular life. Someone, maybe one of your friends has, and your friend is looking for a resource for her mom or her sister, or her mother-in-law or, or whomever. And that person just needs to connect with someone else who has been through it and can like, can just see that other people are making it and making it healthy and and thriving, not just surviving cancer. Um, and so I think sharing the stories of people that are that do have cancer um, is, is one way. Um, a local organization is keepthecandleglowing.org. Um, they make little um, gift baskets for people going through mastectomies, um, and we donated to that. Um, so that's a good one that's local to our area. Um, and then, you know, when you do know somebody that has that, um that diagnosis bring a meal mm-hmm. i guess bring food don't ask just just send something or show up you know an uber gift card like that's like so helpful instacart gift cards like whatever so that we don't have to go to the store or you know those kind of things are so appreciated and so helpful um and um yeah i think That's
1: about it. That's great advice. Thank you. Super helpful.
0: Uh, And then, last thing here is, we want to give you a shameless plug, right? So you're a rockstar real estate agent. Mm -hmm. If somebody wanted to reach out to you and and find out about all the things that you have to offer in your business, what would be the best way for them to reach out? And who would be somebody that you would be interested in talking to?
2: Um, Well, I am. I love Instagram, so that is my favorite. So you can. Follow along on Instagram or DM um, at Stone Residential Properties. And I am, I'm looking, I actually would love to hear from small business owners that are in anywhere in Faulkner County, Prince William County, Culpepper, um, anywhere in that general area, because I want to build like a network of great small businesses in the area. So I- yeah.
0: Courtney, thank you so much for being on you here. It's been, been a, a real joy. Time. You we guys were are amazing. We're gonna coordinate. We wanna have Carrie on here too. We yes. wanna to yes. hear her story from her own mouth. She's been so inspirational and I'd love to uh, I'd love to get to know her a little bit better. So thank oh, it's you been a real
1: joy on. having you on. Thank you, Courtney.
2: Thank you so much. Take care. Love you guys.
0: See ya.
1: Ah, oh, what a remarkable woman. They just keep getting better and better. <laughs> know, we keep we keep playing the hits, Richard. We're so lucky.
0: Yeah, I, so I, we, we really so. are. We're just blessed to get to talk to incredible people who are inspiring, and um, and I can't wait for this to come out and for people to get a chance to learn more about Courtney and her family and her life, and just uh, let her be an inspiration for
1: others. And to hear about Courtney from her spouse's perspective, so we can, because she's so humble. I kind of want to hear somebody puff her up as much as she was her wife, because it's Absolutely. like, uh, it seems like a power couple for sure, but like kind of hiding their light under a bushel of humility in a way that I appreciate, but I want to get the straight skinny from the other side. And that'd be a first for us. We haven't done spouses. That'll be interesting. This'll be, it'll be, uh, that's the truth. Mind. We'll do uh, it. So uh, this is our last recording before Thanksgiving. It's not going to publish till uh, December, but uh Anyway, buddy, have a great holiday. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Know. Enjoy yeah. it.
0: Make sure that you count your blessings. This is the time of year to make sure that you know you're mindful of the things that we're grateful for. We get one life, you know. And as yeah. you heard, uh, you heard from someone sharing how, um, in spite of a lot of challenging things, um, they're making the most of the one life that they have.
1: Yeah, and so I think that right around Christmas. So I'll I'll go ahead and tie it in. I, we certainly celebrate Christmas at my house, whether you do or you don't. I wish you the very best uh, holiday wishes. And uh, gosh, I'm just so grateful to have such a network of amazing people who work to uplift each other. It's Every week, we just meet amazing, incredible people like Courtney. And uh, what a gift. What a gift to be able to connect with those folks and be inspired that way. And Richard, what a gift you are to me uh in, in helping me grow soon and that is our episode of untold riches guys right. love, love you guys love you here. buddy talk to you later